In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the everyone and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. With me, my co-host, all the way from East Bridgewater, wherever that may be, <laughs> the lead investigator for East Bridgewater's Most Haunted, the award-winning producer... <laughs> And Ron Wake Harrigan. Oh, well, good evening, Ron. <laughs> I'd like to say that I'm award-winning, but I'm still working on it. <laughs> well, whatever. Award-nominated. All right. That works. That whatever. Works. Do you know they actually want me to go for voice lessons? Can you imagine that? They don't. Really? They do. What are they Interesting, do? isn't it? What do they do with voice lessons? Are you going I don't know. If I do, I'll let you know. <laughs> They'll have you singing scales and opera and that stuff. Yeah, it actually, it's really funny, though, because when I first started out in radio, my voice was much deeper. I had that, you know, uh, Barry Manilow, not Barry Manilow, what's that one? <laughs> Barry, that guy, White. Barry, Barry White. Barry White, yeah, the Barry Ooh, White. When you're below, below. Yeah, I used to have that voice, but it's gone. Now I got this squeaky frown voice. Oh, my God. <clears throat> <laughs> Speak about a blast from the past. <laughs> yeah. Really? Hmm. Um, so, yeah. why won't you go for voice lessons? Uh, you? No time. No, no time. time. No time. Got to make time. That's a song, by the way. No time. <laughs> Anyways, I will be on uh, my good friend, the uh, West Coast Witch, uh, Mala Brooks show uh, this Thursday. Very awesome. Called Stirring the Quadrum. Calder- Cauldron? Whatever. Cauldron. Stirring yeah. Cauldron. That's a great name. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, she's pretty cool. She's written a couple of books. She wrote uh, oh, Haunted Hollywood, Haunted Hollywood again, and Haunted <laughs> Hollywood uh, another time. <laughs> or something. I can't I remember. I sense the theme. I sense the theme. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's great. Are you going to talk s- about your book? I and see. Well, no, I'll talk about different things. You know, mm-hmm. Karen O'Keefe is coming over here, so we'll be talking a little bit about that. Oh, we'll talk a little bit about, uh, she is a witch, too, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gather so that. we're going to talk yeah. a little bit about, um, you know, witches and the paranormal and all that cool stuff. And who knows? You, with me, you never know. <laughs> it could go any direction. <laughs> Absolutely. 
But anyways, uh, how are things camping? Do you see any ghosts out there in the wilderness? Any puckwudgies or anything of no. strange nature? I don't. Th- I don't think they have puckwudgies in Central Mass. Or if they do, no one has told me. However, we 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 were warned that uh, we have seen our friend the bear uh, <laughs> around the campsite. So that's interesting. I'm really glad we didn't see him, self personally. But uh, nope, no puckwudgies. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, but I, uh, I actually ran across someone whose mother actually. I uh, did battle with the Pukwudgies, which is kind of interesting. Really? Mm-hmm. She won? Yeah, actually, she did. She did. <laughs> she did. Well, if, you know, they didn't have her throw herself off the top of Anawan Rock, then I, I guess she lived to tell the tale. Yeah, what well, happened? it actually happened in New Hampshire, so it wasn't in the Bridgewater Triangle. Oh, wow. Where in New Hampshire do they have that mm-hmm. legend? It's not a legend. This is was a puckwudgie. Well, where where are the puckwudgies in New Hampshire? Uh, I can't reveal the source of it because <laughs> they'll have to kill you <laughs> or something. Something of that. Well, what's the story? What's the story? Uh, well, actually, see, I'm, what's happening is we're having trouble getting onto the Parax server, so. Oh. Uh, uh, I don't know, not sure what's going on. Uh-oh. But anyways, I'm, so I'm in the, the little thing trying to do that anyways. Uh, but anyways, uh, yeah, it was kind of a cool story. That there was this, uh, uh, well, they described it as a little dwarf. Uh, it had all the, the uh, characteristics of a Pukwudgie, and uh, it was doing some harm in a, in a, in a house, by the way. This, this Pukwudgie yeah. dude was, was uh, in a house up in New Hampshire, and then um, the mother came in, who was, uh, I guess, versed in Pukwudgie exorcism. <laughs> Is that possible? Pukwudgieology? <laughs> she could have been a Pukwudgieologist. I'm not really sure. Okay. Uh, you know. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I do. So anyways, uh, supposedly they kicked the uh, Pukwudgies. But, and uh, all is well. Well, that's good. <laughs> so now, you, don't, you, you don't believe my story, do you? Uh, I, not really, but... It's true. It, well, I mean, this is what I've been told. I mean, right. you know, what was relayed to me and through my interview, and well, uh, yeah. they knew nothing of a Pukwudgie. It was yeah. I who identified it as a Pukwudgie. Don't they... Wouldn't we call them, like, an elemental also? Haven't I heard that that kind of creature referred to as that? Actually, I've been referred to as that. Elemental? Uh, Yes. um, You're too tall. tall. Well, I don't know. Well, no, actually, I was told by Elizabeth Foley, of course, who was an angelologist. Mm -hmm. I suppose if you have demonologists, you can have angelologists. Angelologist. Angelologist. I can't yes. even say that. Uh, that I was a reincarnated elemental with dragonfly wings. Cool. Whatever. Wow. But the, the interesting thing about it, ever since she told me that, which was uh, oh, you know, several years ago. Uh, okay, I have to punch into the punch sugar right here. Okay, go ahead. But anyways, yeah, ever since she told me that, I have seen um, dragonflies everywhere. No kidding. 
Neat. Now, isn't uh, dragonfly also symbolic of... Um, Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Yeah, right. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Okay. No. Symbolic <laughs> of what, Um, uh, Like good wishes. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I've seen that somewhere before. Cool. Yeah. But uh, evidently, uh, we're on Pararex now, so oh, yay. welcome all you Pararexers. And uh, you are listening to Ghost Chronicles Live with Ron Kolick and Anne Runway Kerrigan. Mm-hmm. And our guest later on today will be Thomas D'Agostino. But right now, we're talking a little bit about Pukwajis. And for those who don't know what Pukwajis are, they're like evil little dwarfs uh, in New England. And I was telling Anne that I actually knew somebody who... Uh, ran into one and uh, exercised a Pukwudgy. So she, I guess she was a Pukwudgyologist. Pukwudgyologist, right? yeah. What the hell? <laughs> well, see, we need a T-shirt. I still, I still think we need like, I need a, a dictionary is what I need. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> An addiction coach. Ah, <laughs> uh, that too. But think, uh, anyways, you were saying. Yeah. See, we, need, we need to do, and I should do this, right, a line of T-shirts. Pukwudgies made me do it, right? Absolutely. Wouldn't that be cute? Wouldn't that be cute? geologist. Usually, I mean, I know that we have a line of t- 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 T-shirts that says, uh, Ron made me do it. But, uh, <laughs> that I would believe, yeah. I'd buy one of those. <laughs> yeah. Really? <laughs> I mean, we can put dragon wings on the back of the T-shirt, right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Uh, we did a dining with the dead last Monday night with with our angelologist angel angel angelologist uh, Elizabeth Foley, which was kind of neat because mm-hmm. you know it, it's really funny because she she has this book with all photographs of angels and so forth, and uh, if you look at them, uh, you know, to me they're they're not really you know. They look like the same stuff that we deal with ghosts. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's the old story. One man's orb is another man's angel, is another man's fairy, is another man's mm-hmm. uh, alien, is another man's dimensional being, is another man's mm, whatever. I suppose it's, yeah, it's all how you read it and interpret it. Well, it's, it's all your reality. Yeah. But the other thing that also kills me, now um, Elizabeth and I have been friends for years. In fact, I... Uh, took her Reiki course, uh, Laura and myself, and became certified Reiki practitioners, level two. Very nice. You, you can applaud now. Um, but Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, uh, you know, it, it's really strange because there's such a division between, like, the, the angel people and, the, like, the ghost people. You know, it's <laughs> like two different camps or something. I mean, right. it's... I don't. I just don't get it. It's all paranormal to me. You know, it's all things that we can't explain. That is true, but I, I see that all the time. I mean, it's like it's like any areas of the paranormal. UFOs. Like I'm not really into UFOs. Me neither. I'm not really into now Bigfoot. Okay, not into. My brother Bigfoot. has big feet, but that's what he says. Enough. Yeah. <laughs> But it's like, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of different camps, and and you know, I look at I look at the you know, the alien people and go, yeah, you're nuts, and they look at me and they're like, yeah, okay, we're nuts, okay. 
So it's true. True. It's, 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 uh, I don't even know what you would call that. Not a prejudice, but... I, I really don't. I really, I don't understand it. I mean, it's just like you know, it, it is the paranormal, whether yeah. it's aliens or whatever. It's whether you're chasing yeah. invisible people or invisible <laughs> star people or mythical creatures. I mean, it's it's all cool stuff. I mean, it's all interesting. And it's not normal, hence para normal, right? Uh, okay. Wow, you did that yourself? So, yeah. Oh, it's amazing, isn't it? But I can pull out of my head. <laughs> So let me ask you this. I, I was watching. I was actually watching a show on the uh, History International Channel. It's funny. You know, I don't watch much TV, but uh, if, if there's a channel, that's the one I probably watch the most. And uh, they did this thing on uh, the fear of darkness, which was interesting. And now, uh, I was thinking of you when you were camping, of course, because you're out away from the cities, away from the city lights, and... Right. You know, your darkness skills is probably not, you know, the top of it, but it's it's much darker than other places. Yeah. And uh, do you have neighbors when you go camping, camp, or is this like one of those campsite things? It is. We, we do have neighbors. But, oh. Okay. Um, I mean, it's... Well, you just like, killed my whole freaking thought, so well, never mind. <laughs> there are some areas that, you know, you're not, you're not right on top of each other, uh, which is one of the things I really like about this campground. So, I mean, between sites, it's not lit. It, there's no street lights, things like that. So, yeah, it's dark. It is dark if you're out walking. But um, would, you, would you walk in the woods by yourself in the dark? By myself? Probably not. I don't think that would be too bright. But um, That would not be too bright. And it, you want uh-huh, to explain that? But I'm bummed. Well... You don't want to go wandering around the dark woods by yourself. You could because be injured or murdered or whatever. Those are all man-made fears. I mean, the, the, right. the odds of being murdered are like remote as can be. Well, that's true. Would I, mean, would I would I do it like if I was out, you know, looking for ghosts or whatnot? Right. Would I do it? Is that what you're saying? Now, I, would you do it if you were asked to do it? If someone said to you, Anna, would you go, uh, you know, out in the woods and uh, come back here in an hour? Go out for a half an hour and walk back here in a half hour? Yeah. If I could find my way in and out, yeah. Like on a well, path? You said you wouldn't. It wasn't too wise two minutes ago. Well, if I was just tromping into the wilds of the woods, no unmarked path or anything like that, mm-hmm. no, I would not. But if someone said, follow this path right here into the woods, into the darkness, by yourself, and come out in an hour, I'll be here waiting No flashlight, you. you know. No flashlight. I would do it. I've done it. Okay. You don't need a flashlight. You, th- most people don't realize that. You know, that really, you know, drives me nuts when you see a lot of these ghost hunters. they got these freaking headlights on and, oh, know. you know, these things. It's like, <laughs> my God, you know, you ghost hunters, you're supposed to be in the dark. Hello? Yeah. You do not need a flashlight. Your eyes will get, yes. you know, you'll, you'll acquire light, um, night eyes. Yeah, we used to camp. We, it is. It, well, I don't know if it is, but it's, it's very true because we used to camp in, of all places, Miles Standish State Forest, okay, when my son was in Scouts. There's no lights down there. And um, this was, I mean, this was my kids a little years and years ago. And we used to bring the flashlight, and one of the guys we were with, he's like, will you put that away? You don't need that. And I'm like, what? 
no, you don't need it. Put it away and just follow me. And I did. And from then on, I never carried a flashlight. Totally true. It's interesting because I know this is a little bit of chatter in the uh, Pararex room where where one of the uh, young ladies in there said that she would not go uh, by herself in the woods. Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, maybe with a flashlight, she says. But but other guy says, yeah, I would do it. So I I think, you know, until you really do it, Mm -hmm. uh, I guess... You, do, you, you really won't know. You, know. you have to do it. And somebody basically forced me to do it. Not, you know, not, he didn't say, oh, my God, you're going to do this. And you're not leaving here until you do it. He didn't say that. I mean, but he's like, just try it. You're, you, you, you would be amazed what you can see. Okay. Would you go to a cemetery by yourself? That Done night? it. Done it. We'll do it. So what's the difference? I see that's the thing I can't get. Okay, now someone else in the Pararex said the same thing. I would go in the cemetery. I've been in the cemetery. I wouldn't go in the woods, but I've been in the cemetery at night. So what, what's the, the the difference between being in the cemetery? I think that would be probably more creepier. I mean, <laughs> when you're walking around dead people versus you know a bunch of trees and squirrels. You know, they're I mean, dead. They're not going to do anything to you. Oh really? You never seen any of those movies with the hands come out of the ground and grab your foot? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, yeah, but that's not going to happen. Come on, stop it. Really? Really? It's not going to happen in your imagination. Your imagination. I'd go to a cemetery before I'd go to the woods. There's animals and there's wild animals in the woods. Cemetery? Yeah. Well, you're a woman, and there's nothing worse than the scorn of a woman. Oh, (laughs) we know that. But, I mean, uh, you know, cemetery, I'm not a big cemetery person, okay, as far as mm-hmm. investigating. Uh, no, I don't investigate that. Uh, I don't but I, I know I remember that, uh, who was that? I believe it was Fiona Broom from uh, Hollow Hill told mm-hmm. me that this cemetery, I think it's Vales End Cemetery, it's in New Hampshire, I believe it's Vales End, that mm-hmm. she would absolutely not go there at night, uh, and she actually contributes someone's death to that. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm, well, that's her opinion, I guess. Mm. She's had a bad experience. Evidently. Reason, obviously. Um, I've never had a bad experience in the cemetery at night. I, you know, personally. Mm-hmm. What can I say? But, okay, so let me ask you this. Uh, you, I know you're a very, very big cemetery person, in fact, because you, oh, yeah. you, you know a lot about the stones and mm-hmm. all that stuff there, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. Have you ever been in the cemetery where you've actually had heard your name called out? No. Okay. Uh, have you heard voices? No. Really? Mm, really. Pretty dull life you live, kid. Uh, I know. You've never, ever heard your name call out all voices? No. Amazing. I'm EVP impaired. I don't hear them. <laughs> well, I'm not talking EVP. EVP is something that's going to show up in a recorder. I'm well, talking about true. clear audio, something you're going to hear no. with your naked ear, if you can nope. say naked on the radio. No. Nope. I don't know. You know, I, I do investigations, and maybe I just don't open myself up or whatever it is, mm-hmm. but... I just... Well, you are blonde, I so I, I, I'll tribute to that. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> it's the blondness. 
stands in the way. But yeah, it, it, yeah. you know, it's it's Can't it's funny through. though. I, maybe because you haven't heard it, but I, I know. Like, I mean, uh, do you know Josh Mantello mm-hmm. from the Berkeley yes. Paranormal? Yep, I've seen his presentation. Oh, he's, a, he's a pretty decent sized guy, right? He's no no wimp, right? Uh, no, he is not. Okay. okay, him and his, uh, I believe it was his brother-in-law at the time, Greg, uh, they were driving uh, by some cemetery and they decided to stop and go in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, they got out of the car and Josh was just coming around and all of a sudden Greg was screaming, get back in the car, get back in the car. <laughs> and they yeah. jumped in the car and uh, laid rubber and got the hell out of there. And ah. they're going down the road, and uh, but there was enough there that, Scared the crap out of two grown men. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah, I noticed that someone in the Pararex uh, also said that uh, they heard uh, uh, their name in there and also ran out of the cemeteries. A lot of people run out of cemeteries. <laughs> now, I do, I have occasionally gone to cemeteries, as you well know. And in fact, if you've read my book, uh, Ghost Chronicles, mm-hmm. uh, you definitely know. Uh, yes. Yes. But uh, I never ran out of it. Uh, perhaps I didn't do the smartest thing, but, uh, yeah. Have you read the book, Anne, by the way? Uh, not yet. I didn't think so. Because <laughs> <laughs> you have no clue what I'm talking about. I'm trying to BS my way through this, Ron. Yep, you found me out. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, you can't, you can't, what's that word? You can't bullshit a psy- psychic? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. Although sometimes I wonder about that. But anyways, uh, uh, the interesting thing in the book, uh, we had to do a four-part series with uh, WNDS News. And it was every week during October, ending on Halloween night, uh, ending in Halloween night. So we went to these three different locations, and they were all pretty cooking pretty cool, and, you know, and each one seemed to be a little better than the other, and then finally, we had to get something really cool, so I couldn't think of a place to go, so I said, oh, I know, I'll go to Old Hill Cemetery in Newburyport. Mm-hmm. Do you know, ever been there? No, I haven't. Should, very should. Yeah, on my it's list. It's a very, very cool place. Um, Bob Cahill's book, uh, I think it's with Haunted Happenings or something, and Brian the Monk, uh, who's a Francisca monk, and, but also does infrared photography, mm-hmm. you get a Awesome picture of a head coming out of the ground there. Oh, my God. So, yeah, and so that, that said, well, maybe if that was there, then we should go in and uh, go there on Halloween. Ad. So we did. And as it turned out, it was freaking freezing that night. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, was it cold. <laughs> but you know what? The place was dead. <laughs> Pardon the pun. But I'm bummed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But but it was really funny because we, we I mean there's a, there's a lot that went on that night if you, you read the book you can you hear about it it turns out funny but one of the and the coolest things about that cemetery there are actually two two cool things there's a grave that has a, a, like not a grave what do you call those like crypt or something with the doors mm-hmm. that you can go in yeah they have like a bunch crypt. of coffins crypt yeah. okay mm-hmm. this crypt has been broken into uh, several times throughout the years or all the way when it first the first got turned in here all the way to uh, I think in the early 2000s when a, a work gang went in and broke into it and the guy actually ripped the head off the corpse and was praying yeah. around the cemetery. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, but always the same crypt. Uh, mm-hmm. The original time, a, a, a bunch of utes, utes, yeah, utes. a bunch of utes broke utes. into the tomb and uh, <laughs> propped up the corpses and poured liquor down their throats and, oh. and uh, stole their clothes and were running around town with the clothes on. So, Gross. But, 
it, it's interesting, though. Uh, that that's one of the the uh, one of the more interesting pieces of the cemetery. Um, and the, another one is is because the cemetery is is so old; it goes back to, uh, before the Revolutionary War, uh, and it's also not kept up very well. There are a lot of gopher holes and stuff, and in some of the holes, you can look in and see actually see the the skulls and uh, the bones of the deceased. Wow. And so, as it turned out, I was with uh, WNDS, mm-hmm. and uh, I actually put my hand in the grave, and I rubbed the head of a corpse, uh, well, yeah. of, of the skull, and <laughs> not a corpse, it's a skull now. Uh, right. <laughs> and then, I actually, right on camera, I brought my fingers to my nose and took a whiff. Uh, and it smelled like dirt? Chicken. Chicken. <laughs> Uh, so that's oh my story, my and I'm sticking to it. That's cool. But anyways, cool. interesting. Back to that. Back to that crip. I know. I know we're coming up to the break. But back to that crip. Uh, that was broken in, like I said, several times throughout the year. So why was it broken into so many times? And the question is, perhaps that family was cursed. Maybe someone put a curse on it that you would not rest in peace. Hmm. Maybe. That's Coincidence? Scary. I think uh-huh. not. <laughs> So we're just just about up to break time. So uh, you have a quick story you want to mention about any cemetery that uh, scared the pants off you? I haven't really been. Um... Oh, there you can say you have more. Never mind. Uh, moving right along. <laughs> <laughs> no quick stories. Sorry, I don't. I don't have any scary cemetery stories. You don't. I don't. I really don't. All the cemeteries you've been in, you've never been scared. <laughs> I don't. I'm very at home. The only things that scare me in those cemeteries are the live people. Really? Sometimes there's some creepy people hanging around that, you know, I'm alone. Yeah, I mean, there are robberies. I don't really want them. Hmm? There are robberies in cemeteries. I mean, people have had their uh, purses stolen in cars when they've gone to visit loved ones and stuff. Oh, I yeah, mean, I how, how poor is that? That's terrible. It yeah. is terrible. But, I mean, you know, most cemeteries I'm in, it's broad daylight and... You know, I'm not there taking pictures at night. Um, so, I mean, truly, I mean, there are some creepy people. I was in Pittsburgh a few weeks ago, and I was in the Allegheny Cemetery there, which is very awesome. And, you know, there was a creepy guy there. Creepy guy there. Yeah. Wasn't me, was it? Uh, no, he definitely wasn't you. <laughs> so, I mean, that's what you need to be careful, in my opinion, cemetery. The dead are dead. Know what I mean? No, I don't. <laughs> but anyways, we have to take a break right now. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles Live with Ann Kerrigan and Ron Kolick. We'll be right back after the following messages on Pararex, Net, Ghost Channel, and beyond. We'll be right back. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Rendezvous as we give awards to the Parrot 
Dr. Kieran O'Keefe, parapsychologist and investigator from Travel Channel's Most Haunted. Parapsychology is the scientific study of the paranormal, and this includes every aspect of ESP, whether it's telepathy, precognition, or clairvoyance, but also the study of PK or psychokinesis. And this can include poltergeist activity, but also mediumistic communication and encounters with spirit. Join me and Ron Kolick. This August, I'll be coming to New England and I'll be doing a variety of different things. I'll be doing workshops, for example, paranormal CSI workshop. I'll be doing ghost investigations, taking part in a ghost cruise around the Portsmouth area, visiting various lighthouses, and also having dinner with some of you in an allegedly haunted restaurant. No matter what event I do, it'll be exciting, it'll be paranormal, and I hope you'll be there. For more information on Cameron's event or to register, go to anyghostproject.com. That's the letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com. Hope to see you there. Now back to our show. We are back. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles Live with Ann Kerrigan and Ron Kolick. And if you want to join us in the Pararex or the Tojanet chat room, feel free. And if you have a question for us, the number is 877-864-4869, 877-864-4869. And speaking of cemeteries, I actually have a guest on the line who knows a lot about cemeteries. I think he spends more time in them than out of them, and he is none other than author and uh, paranormal investigator Thomas D'Agostino. Tom? Yeah, how are you doing? Good. Hi, Tom. Hello, hi, and good evening. How are you? You are with us, right? You are Mm -hmm. with us, right? Yep. Okay. (laughs) Hey, now you have spent a lot, a lot of time in cemeteries, right? I mean, researching your books and so forth. I know, especially with your uh, vampire book, uh, you know, graves like Mercy Brown and the and the rest of them. You you have been to a lot of cemeteries. Oh yeah. Have uh, you? W- yes, go ahead. <laughs> no, have you have you ever ever had any frightening experiences in a cemetery? Um, only when the police came. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, actually, we've had some a few experiences. One was very incredible because I didn't expect it. And uh, what happened was we were going, we were taking a few friends to see this cemetery called El de Balou. That, uh, that's the uh, name of the cemetery. The Balous are buried there. Mm-hmm. And it was snow on the ground. It was like two feet of snow on the ground. And um, we were going to traverse up the hill of the cemetery. And as we're walking into it, there's a whole front with crypts. All of a sudden, I see this guy walking at near the top of the hill, and he goes over the hill, and I'm like, he kind of just disappeared. Mm-hmm. Immediately, I thought that was way too weird, and we weren't too far off. I ran over there, and mine, with two feet of snow, <laughs> don't forget, I was the only one who made footprints in it. Wow. Really? Yeah, and it, it, so we did see something, and I found out later that there, is a, there has been a man in gray, you know, gray suit uniform or something seen in that cemetery. And, of course, the funny thing about it is the people <clears throat> I was with, they ran to the car, and they almost left me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. 
Yeah, and we've had a, <clears throat> quite a few small ordeals, you know, things we're not sure about, but that one was pretty darn good. <laughs> wow. Okay, so. Now, where is the cemetery? It's in uh, Cumberland, Rhode Island. Ah. Okay. And, and now, Tom, you, you have written several books, included in Haunted Massachusetts, Haunted Rhode Island, Haunted Connecticut, and soon to be released, Haunted Vermont. Yes. And you also have a vampire book coming up. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> I guess it was weird timing that it happened, that Haunted Vermont and uh, the History of the New England Vampires is coming out at the same time. Hmm. Great. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> I mean, it was, I was, one was I had worked on uh, last or two years ago and just updated it. And the other one, I've been working on the vampire one, uh, collecting old documents and getting, of course, permission to use them. Even though some of them are out of copyright, I still ask anyway. And uh, we've, I found an awful lot. And, boy, it's really strange when you read it because I'm including the exact writings from the documents in the book so you can see what the people actually were thinking and living like. Wow. Right. I mean, that's an important thing. I mean, especially for a paranormal investigator and researcher is is we, a lot of times we look back at things and, and we look at them according to our times. We don't really look at them at the, how, at the times through the eyes of the people who were around at that time. Right, yeah, the um, <clears throat> that's one thing we we can sit here and watch television and watch a you know a show uh, that they reenact from the 1800s or something, but we're looking at it from our medium in in, in you know our era, and back then thought was different. The whole thought process was because everything was different. In in fact, our house is kind of set up like uh, an old Victorian from the 1800s, including oil lamps. We you still use oil lamps. We make our own butter. <laughs> They do. I can attest to this. <laughs> that and, sounds uh, awesome. Yeah, we have one television that we sometimes use. <laughs> only, yeah. only when you're on it, Thomas, right? Yeah, well, actually, when the races are on on Sunday, that's when it gets used the most. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> yeah, and we, we, we do have horseless carriages, though. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. you might need those, yeah. And, and actually, Thomas's house is, is haunted. If if you want to hear more, uh, we, I was actually uh, had the opportunity to get down here with over Thomas's and, and do a mini investigation. If you go on to the uh, Ghost Chronicles podcast and uh, a haunting in Connecticut, and you can actually hear uh, some of what went on in that investigation, which is uh, kind of interesting. We did the hack shack there and. Uh, we had the pendulum going and some some other stuff that happened. It was an interesting time, but uh, you've had many interesting times there. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> um, actually, since before we moved in, the neighbors were telling us of things that they had seen, and we've um, we've seen apparitions. We'd be sitting, you know, reading at night. We'd hear voices in the room right next with us, like conversations or just something, someone saying something, right, while we're both sitting there reading quietly, uh, <clears throat> that kind of stuff. And it's when the windows and all the doors would be closed. Um, one time, <clears throat> a few, just a, about a month ago, the next-door neighbor was having someone that worked on, on their house, and the contractor there said, hey, uh, how are the ghosts in your house? And I said, whoa, you read about us in the paper? He goes, no, I uh, 
I used to work on that house when it was when he got you know first sold after the man there died. The house had to be rebuilt. He was saying that some of these guys they'd come in at eight o'clock in the morning, and they'd be running out of there at eight fifteen. Oh, wow. <laughs> and some never came back. <laughs> Must have been tough getting it built again. Yeah, so I guess you know, I guess it was pretty active then. You know, it's funny, Thomas. You mentioned that, but that's not that's not uncommon. Uh, through all my, you know, years of investigating, I have come across many stories about uh, contractors who've been called into a house and will have their tools moved about. I mean, right off the top of my head, I was thinking of the uh, the wildflower down the Cape. That was, that was a uh, B&B at one time. I think it's uh, apartments now or something. But uh, that's exactly what happened to them is, is that uh, tools would be moved, different things would happen. And if you go, uh, I bet you're... I don't know through how many uh, investigations you, you're definitely going to run across uh, stories like that. So I think it has something to do with either the renovations of the place or uh, changes. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I think of it like this. Like, our house is set up right now, and I really, really love it. Mm-hmm. And one, if I change something around <clears throat> and I move through in the dark, I'm going to walk into it. Two, if I change something around, it's going to be upsetting, the, you know, like um, the, the way things are, the energy and everything. So I, I guess it might has to have something to do with that. When you change things around, whatever was there, the energy there was used to it a different way. And, you know, either they're banging around into it or it's becoming active. It, it's just stirring it up. Well, that's, that's a different theory. I never thought of it that way as... We've rearranged something, and they're going to smash into it just like we would. <laughs> I would never, well, I would never think of it that way. And when you think, I took many a table down, uh, many one of them little coffee table things or side tables out because I moved it, or uh, Arlene <laughs> moved it while we were doing something, and then I walked through in the dark and. <laughs> right. Right. Yes, Ron. What What was your? What were you going to say? When, when you think about it, uh, how many times have you heard about or uh, seen even a spirit that will walk through a wall? Uh, why do you think a spirit walks through a wall, especially if it's not an intelligent haunted? And and that's because there was probably a door there at one time or, or no wall there at one time. True. And they just relive in the past. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Makes that's sense. one thing in here that um, we noticed uh, where our hutch is. Um, I looked at, I'm looking at the small, like the way the wall was imperfect. Mm-hmm. And I come to find out that there was a window there once. Right. Looking outside onto the glass porch. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, and where um, our study is where the bookcase is, that used to lead into the kitchen <laughs> <laughs> where the uh, sink is now. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. So, what it, Tom, you've done all these books on all the different states. Do you find that one is more haunted than another? Or there's oh, more, give me a break. More activity? Um, only, yeah, which, uh, only the one that has the highest taxes. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's the scariest one. No, the, um, it's, uh, well, Rhode Island per capita <clears throat> is the haunted state in New England. It's the smallest, and um, it's, it's actually the most populated, I think, per, in one of the most populated in the country per size, believe it or not. <laughs> and... It has, um, per capita, the most hauntings. 
It also has 3,300 cemeteries and counting, um, and that's the most in the United States also. That's amazing for one of the smallest states. Well, it is, yeah, it is the smallest state. You could go from one end of Rhode Island to the next in 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I've done that before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm not talking speeding, just driving. Right, just driving. Right. But, you know, uh, that question comes up so many times. You know, wh- wh- who, where is the most haunted part of the country? This is the most haunted house in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is that. I mean, I really can't go that way. I mean, I, I think that, you know, there's there's too many spirits in too many places to say that one is more or less haunted more than another. I, you know, I just can't agree with that. I mean, you know, let's say, oh, this penitentiary is the most haunted building. Well, you know, and then you say Lizzie Borden, well, that was the most haunted, you know. But, well, you know, they all got spirits. It doesn't... Right. Just that's the case, and I mean, we logged over 80 happenings here that we were home for in two years. I mean, that's pretty haunted. You know? Right, that, that's one good thing. Uh, <laughs> but I Tom wouldn't does... consider this the most haunted place, you know. Yeah. Tom uh, actually writes down everything, which is a, a very good tip for everyone. Uh, it's it's, uh, you know, you just got to document everything. So if you set up a log and, and document these little happenings, whatever they occur, then you, you can go look back at them. First of all, see if there's anything reoccurring at a certain time, a certain day, whatever, right. or just uh, document it totally. I think it's a great idea, and I think everybody should do that. Yeah, it does help because we did find out um, from that that a uh, certain thing with the the. Uh, noises and voices upstairs, the kids running. That happened at a certain time uh, concurrently uh, within a week, and it was both uh, at the same time of the month of two years. Hmm. So, yeah, there was, there is a lot of, there's a definite advantage to that, and it helps you identify and set up a profile. Right, I mean... We we really don't understand a lot about the paranormal, why certain things occur. I mean, there are reports where ships will appear every 25 years, for instance. And, you know, why do they appear every 25 years? Of course, we know that the calendar changes every year uh, with uh, leap year every four years and so forth. I mean, our anniversaries, really anniversaries, are, are, the, are on the astral plane, or are they just... Something that we arbitrarily, you know, look at and saying that, okay, this is when the activity occurs because it's the anniversary. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's uh, time and, and uh, time especially it has no importance really that we know of in the paranormal world. Yet we have all these occurrences that sometimes almost happen like clockwork. Yeah, I know. Isn't that cool? <clears throat> <laughs> Maybe it has to do with the weather. Maybe it, <clears throat> just like... As we can chart the moon, perhaps there's a weather pattern that created that. We're just not charting an exact weather pattern that we're not charting and logging as that. I mean, the people who built Stonehenge, they knew of the um, 18.6 lunar, you know, year cycle. I mean, that's pretty intense to sit sit around putting a stake out every single time <laughs> to chart that. Yeah. So there's got to be some sort of you know, it's, I I I would like to attribute it to a, a weather pattern, a pressure zone, or something that would create you know this this thing to appear, like a movie. And it must be just like um, you know, you can bet that 
We have four seasons except for last year in New England. <laughs> yeah, but not all parts of the country have four seasons, and so. But still no, those, they were from those, Jersey. I know. Yeah, no, and Arizona, <laughs> they, you know, and stuff like that. They don't. They don't have the the variety of the seasons. Uh, so I mean, maybe it's something to do with the Earth. Earth itself. I mean, we truly. I mean, as much as we have occupied the earth for thousands of years it's been here for millions of years and we still 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 don't understand it uh we don't take a look at the soil problem in in the gulf you know i mean they're having problems right now finding the oil uh is it the earth cleansing itself now and starting to to heal itself or you know is it is the earth a living entity or a living ecosystem that that uh we know you know, haven't scratched the surface about. Maybe it's these factors that affect hauntings, and, and uh, I don't know, just just throwing that out there. That, yeah, that's what I've always said. Though. It's true. <clears throat> like pressure zones and weather patterns and things um, can create, you know, I mean, they can create our weather. I used to live in a place where I'd watch it thunder, lightning, rain, storm, and everything, and we get this little bit of rain, but all around us the storm is going nuts. And we would receive radio and CB signals from truckers 35, 40 miles away on our uh, my amplifiers, my guitar amplifiers. So, I mean, it was kind of weird, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, you're right. There's, those are like pressure zones, like weather patterns, the jet stream. Why, you know, why is uh, California's weather patterns the way they are? Why do you have the aurora borealis? What? Why do we have our weather patterns? There's, you, 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 there's got to be something. The magnetic field has must have something to do with it, and it must be something that happens to cause these other, as you could say, you know, residual things to appear. Right. And, and the other thing that, that I have always talked about was that uh, right now in history, we are using uh, more energy than any time uh, in the history of the Earth. And by producing all this energy, we may actually be uh, enabling spirits to do what they're doing. Otherwise, there might be a rise in the amount of paranormal activity because we are providing the energy necessary for them to do what they want to do. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great theory. That's, that's a good point. I think that's a great theory, too. Yeah, it is. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Anne agrees with me. That's even more interesting. Uh, uh-oh, there must be something wrong with it. No. Uh-oh, we're going to have to call him Dr. Better Ron. rethink that. <laughs> but anyway, anyways, Tom, uh, one thing I, I do, I mean, you have written, I mean, you have done, uh, I would say, over a thousand inve- investigations. Would you not say? Oh, yeah, easily. So, I mean, what to you would probably be the most unique one and that you, you really look back on in your in your career so far and say, "Hmm, that was pretty cool." There was a ton of them actually, but one of them that we most enjoyed the most recent um, over the past several years, Arlene and I was when we did the Houghton Mansion oh, yeah. in um, North Adams. Yeah, that was a lot of fun, and um, it was a long investigation. Man, we did it with you and uh, Ron Junior and. Yeah. Uh, Berkshire Paranormal. Yep, Josh Montello. Yeah, that was a really, it was a lot of fun. And the reason why also is because we did two more investigations within a 24-hour uh, period. But 
That I liked that one because <clears throat> uh, we had all the three teams working together and sharing, you know, input and insights, and uh, it was it was great, you know, to learn new things and. and you always got to learn something on an investigation. I don't care how much you think you know. You never know at all. Mm-hmm. And for those who don't know the Hooten Mansion, the Hooten Mansion is is a uh, mansion owned by the Masons in North Adams, Massachusetts. Uh, it was originally owned by the mayor, uh, A.C. Hooten, and there was a uh, tragic uh, accident uh, that occurred, not in the mansion itself, but uh, three members, uh, Hooten's daughter, Died in a car accident along with uh, Mary Hutton, Hutton and uh, the the chauffeur killed himself in the hospital, and then AC himself died shortly thereafter. Even though there was nothing terminally wrong with him, uh, but it is a very very cool place. In fact, that uh, you've probably seen it on the Ghost Adventurers. Uh, uh, they were they actually got some good evidence there. I remember seeing the shadow and. It's funny because that's where the same area that we had a uh, uh, sensor alarm that went off by itself, too. But it is a good place. And speaking of that, uh, I might as well bring this up. In September, we just added the September 4th, um, Karen O'Keefe, the parapsychologist from Most Haunted, is coming over. And we will be doing a ghost hunting a ghost hunt there at the Hooten Mansion on that day. It's a Saturday. And we'll be done uh, English style, which will be oh, a little cool. different. Uh, Karen, Karen will actually lead the, the ghost investigation. So, um, interesting to see, uh, the, how they differ than, you know, for instance, uh, how we do things. Do they use like a different, you know, like a different, uh, I don't know, equipment, like, you know, how they have different batter for their fish and chips? Uh, they probably do. I, I mean, <laughs> I will find out. I mean, uh, you know, they're the ones that taught me how to do glass whirling, which I absolutely love. I think it's a, a great, great tool. I mean, it's not very scientific, but it uh, it goes way back in uh, history. It's pretty much like dowsing and, uh, you know, using a pendulum and so forth. And it, it, I love using it on investigations. It's a lot of fun, too. Well, wouldn't yeah, that have been it, a scientific you know, essence? Wouldn't that have been something scientific for people way back before they had all the stuff they have today? There you go. There you go, Tom. That's, that's exactly right. Those were instruments at that time. That's so a it doesn't make it any point. less valid. <laughs> Right. Because right. um, uh, let's, let's face it, an e- EMF meter wasn't designed to catch ghosts. <laughs> right. It, it was designed exactly what I use it for, too, in our houses, to look for bad wiring. And, <laughs> <laughs> and and we also know that the compass works very well as an EMF meter before any electronic devices were, uh, uh, you know, were thought of. A compass could be used. That's right. Oh. So that's a science. Well, that was always a scientific tool in its own right. But there you go. There's yeah, a but I mean, as far as being electronic or anything, uh, so you know, it, it, we are making things. In, in fact, uh, coming up in September, we have some new features coming to the show, and one of them will be uh, Dr. Karen O'Keefe will be talking about uh, different kits, as they call them in the UK, which are instruments that they use for uh, investigating and, and how to use them properly and and so forth. So now I'm kind of excited about that. Hmm. That does sound interesting. It so really Thomas, yep. your books your books are coming out this fall, I believe. Yeah, they want them out for October. Of course, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the yeah, 
One of the best places we've investigated, too, has been Ramtail Factory, which I've always loved, but uh, that won't be in a book because it's in Rhode Island. <laughs> you know, I have been dying to get down there. One of these days, we will meet up and get down there, but that is a great place. My book come out, is coming out in, in uh, September. It's called Ghost of Day. It's 365 ghost stories from around the world. It goes all the way back to the earliest ghost hunters in Greece, to our troops in Afghanistan, uh, from Mount Everest to Antarctica to under the water and so it, it's kind of cool, and uh, a lot of uh, the material I, I used in that book, not a lot of it, but some of the material I used uh, are based in your books, uh, Tom, uh, uh, series. Of course, you oh, did get credit for it. <laughs> well, I can't wait to get the book just for that, the 365 days. That is so cool. <laughs> going to make a calendar, too, right? I think that's going to happen. Uh, the cool thing about it is uh, I, I would say about 90 Nine percent of the stories in there are based on the date uh, which they appear in in the book. For instance, January 29th, this occurred. This date has something to do with the haunting of this particular thing. So it, it's it's kind of a neat concept. I don't think it's ever been. Well, I know it has never been done before. So mm-hmm. uh, I know the publisher Adams Media is really excited about it and. Uh, I am too. It's totally different than Ghost Chronicles, our original book. Uh, it's kind of more fluffy book, I think. In that, uh, <laughs> but it, it's kind of cool. I'm, I'm excited about it, and that's not that far away. We're talking a little about a month. Yeah, that, enjoyable for the collector and the serious uh, investigator. Well, it does. It, it actually has a wider appeal, so I, I, I think that's one cool thing about it. Yeah, like I said, I can't wait to get that one. Right. So uh, let me ask you this, Tom. I mean, you work with your your wife, Eileen, uh, who is a professional photographer. And I I know one of the cool things that you guys do is you actually, um, I'm not going to say fake, but you kind of, I mean, you you do these (laughs) photographs to show how things, uh, well, why don't you explain it? What we do is we, we make fake photographs of um, things to show people what they could mistake, uh, you know, real anomalies or haunted things for. And it's kind of cool because um, she she's a professional photographer, and what we do is we do we, we, we like to do talks on this and just showing people how evidence things can look like something but are not because uh, we have she has being a professional photographer she also has a dark room. And she shows where people are that, you know, pictures can get uh, messed up in dark rooms or when uh, on, you know, printing paper or with these with the advent of the digital cameras being so cheap, they have automatic, uh, you know, automatic, uh, what do you call that, where it uh, uh, focuses, autofocuses. Right, right. And what they do is they'll focus on the first thing that moves, and usually it's a dusk particle. Right. So we did experiments with three cameras, the 35 millimeter an SLR, which is a digital, but it's also a 35-millimeter, you know, single reflex camera, mm-hmm. and then just a regular digital camera. And we were, we were hitting a beam that we could see the dust falling from. Right. And uh, we were all standing at the same distance away, and the only one that got orbs was the, uh, the cheaper digital camera. Yeah. <laughs> the single right. reflex didn't catch them. It just caught glints like, uh, you know, it was dust, and so did the 35-millimeter. Well, Tom, you're not going to believe us, but we've run out of time. Wow. So I want to thank you so much. Once again, this has been Thomas D'Agostino. Tom, why don't you give your website out? It's N-E-P-U-R-S, Nepurs, 
which is Paranormal United Research Society, at uh, .info. That's NEPERS.info. And if you can't find that or remember that, go to the NE Ghost Project website, which is NE, the letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com, and go on the link page, and he's linked to us. So, Tom, thanks a lot. Say hello to Arlene for us, and good luck with your new books. I will. Thank you. Same here. It was great talking to you. Yeah. Bye, Tom. Good night, Tom. Nice talking to you. Bye. Bye. Wow, that went by quick. I know. It flew. Mm. Anyways, uh, I do want to mention one more thing, that we have a uh, ghost cruise coming up this uh, Saturday out of Rye, New Hampshire, and it's a three-hour tour. (laughs) Do-do-do-do. Yeah, I know it. (laughs) And uh, I believe tickets are still available. If you go to the website, you can definitely... uh, get some uh next week we have constance victoria briggs who has written the encyclopedia of unseen world so that should be interesting i have a bunch of questions for her so i guess it's time to wrap it up in okay well good night good night and god bless from ghoulies to ghosties